Happy Monday, church family. This is uh, Exodus 22, our first part of studying through. Actually, we're going to do chapter 22 and 23 this week. Uh, there's a lot of laws here, and I think as a way of just kind of uh, not not rushing through it, but just kind of giving a big picture, I decided to do these two chapters because these two chapters kind of talk about um, these different laws that are are expansions, really, of the Ten Commandments. Uh, if you recall, ever since after we did Exodus chapter 20, uh, the Ten Commandments were the big, mainly the, the, the most important ten. I said that uh, chapter 21 all the way to about 23 or so. These aren't just way, these are just ways in which they are uh, supposed to apply the Ten Commandments. Um, you'll notice if you were to just kind of break up each of the ver- each of the commands, whether it's like a property law or or relational type of things, these are all fitting. They, they can all f- um, be fit under the last six commandments, right? Uh, the first four are, are vertical relationships, laws pertaining to vertical relationship with the Lord. The last six are horizontal relationships with one another. Um, and, and each of these laws, from 21 to 22 to 23, there are just really ways in which you, how do you apply these laws? Now, there are 600-something laws, 600, I think like 613 laws or so in the Old Testament. And I think oftentimes we think, wow, these laws must have been very overbearing to the Jews. And I actually just see the opposite. I see that the precision that we see in the Old Testament, particularly in the passage like this and in the book of Leviticus, are actually a grace of God. Because each of these passages tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. You don't need to think through uh, the principles and application. And all of these things, I think, are written because, remember back all the way back in chapter 18, uh, Moses was sitting there and he was answering all these questions. He's asking God for answers, and now I think he's like documenting. Okay, here's what you're supposed to do. He's, in, which would mean that you know these type of questions came up, and and he and he's trying to explain to them. The, here's what you're what you need to do. Here's your laws in terms of the animals and and property and and relational things and everything. Uh, he's giving it so that people will know exactly what God wants. And you have to understand again that is, that's a grace of God that you know exactly how to worship God. It, the God is not nebulous. God is not subjective. He knows exactly how He wants to be worshipped. And people, just reading this, uh, the uh, near the Book of Exodus and Deuteronomy later, and even Leviticus, they know exactly what is pleasing to the Lord. That means that when you f- refuse to re- to submit to it, it's it's not out of ignorance. It's, it's a deliberate choice that you choose not to follow God and His Word. And these laws, we understand that it, it just operates, like we have these type of laws, in particular chapter 22, as we get to it, these are laws regarding just like property type laws or property rights or things that you have to do in pertaining to the land and, and, and material things. And we get that. Um, my, uh, my, my wife and her family grew up in a place up in the East Bay, and in that area, there's a, the place that, they, that she grew up there are these, you know, kind of homeowner association laws. Like they're not allowed to paint their house a certain way. They're, uh, there's only certain colors they're allowed to have. Uh, if they want to install something, they have to let the, the HOA know. If they want to, uh, and they even have rules regarding like how they need to keep the grass. And I remember because it was one, one year they were like, hey, uh, your grass looks very messy, and it's kind of like make us kind of a little self-conscious. All the other neighbors, and they get this little letter. In front of, I don't even know when the person got there, but this little, you know, this letter that said like, "Please clean up your grass." And they took a picture of the lawn, and then when it was clean, they said, "Good job." And they took a picture of that lawn, and just, you know, it was just weird. Um, but these, we understand that there are these laws, and 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 where we go, that's supposed to 
govern and uh, that's needed in order to make a society run um, from the very micro thing to the macro thing whether it's your own home to your neighborhood to this your city to state and everything else laws are given so that they can have order and so things can function properly so that when uh, if things um, if there are conflict there are ways in which you can resolve it so that's what this is when you look at these uh, portions of scripture think of it as that as like oh wow they're so this is very uh, hard to, to manage, but it's really like way of God's uh, showing them uh, this is what Israel is supposed to be, that they are uh, a covenant people with God, and they're supposed to show that they are, uh, that they that they submit to him. And in that, again, in their obedience to the Lord, the Lord will bless them. And again, we have to understand that as we go through this, there is a recognition that even people in God's uh, family or in God's people will have conflict with one another. The Bible recognizes that you will have conflict even with those that are followers of Jesus Christ, but you need to know how you can resolve those conflicts in a way that is honoring to the Lord. And these passages are designed to give Israel a picture of how they're supposed to show love to their neighbor, right? Like well, the greatest commandment is love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you will love your neighbor as yourself. That's how Jesus summed up the biggest commandment in chapter 22 and 23, even a little way back to 21. It's supposed to show you how you're supposed to love your neighbor, and you do so by living according to God's word. So today, we're going to look at the first, I'm just going to go through the first 15 verses, which I'll title this the property laws. Um, and these are just laws that just pertain to things that people, you know, whether those property, like, like, animals or, or buildings or whatever it may be, just things that, they're, that they have to um, uh, be good steward of. So chapter 22, verse 1. If a man steals an ox or sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. So this is assuming that someone steals it. I don't know how they would find it. Maybe there was like, you know, barbecue, <laughs> barbecue sauce on someone's face. Like, hey, um, I, you didn't have an ox before. Where did you get the, how come there's like barbecue sauce all over your face? Like, oh, I don't know. And you just will let them know that, hey, that person just lost an ox. Did you eat it? And if they did, then they had to pay uh, the, uh, five oxen or five sheep or four sheep for the one sheep. And this is, again, it's, it's supposed to show that, um, you know, you, you, you've done something wrong and there has to be consequences. Ideally, by setting a standard uh, and letting people know the, what the consequences of the law are, that people would avoid the, um, doing the, the crime. And when they know their punishment, because this is like someone that doesn't have an ox, he has to pay five, or if, you know, he's still a sheep and he, he, he has to pay four. Uh, this is a show that like, like if you don't want to do this, because you have to pay four or five times more than what you've stolen. And this is, again, a way to make sure that people know that God is a just God, that he takes sin seriously. Uh, just this past week, I, I was at Safeway getting food, and there was just a, a person just grabs it and grabbed a whole bunch of food and ran out of the store. And, you know, no one in San Francisco, they don't really care about these things because it's labeled as petty crime. Um, and, and that just shows that our society doesn't care about crime. And there's like small things should are, are, are a big deal in the eyes of the Lord. Even the smallest things is a huge deal. And that's what's here. He's, he, it's supposed to show you that in your way that you love your neighbor, you don't steal from them um, because God takes sin seriously. Verse 2, the thief is caught while breaking in and is struck and he dies. There will be no blood guiltness on his account. Uh, so it's like, you know, in the middle of the night, someone comes in, tries to steal and you self-defend yourself. 
you know, you karate chop him in the, in the dark, he dies, then you're, there's no problem here. Verse 30, but if, it, but if the sun has risen on him, there will be blood killers on his account. Meaning, like, if the sun rises up and, and, you, and, you, and that guy, like, you karate chop someone, he isn't dead, and you decide to kill him afterward, that's called murder. The reason why that is is because when the sun is up, you're supposed to get authorities and help and you know, make sure that you try this person. And that's what uh, verse 3 says, he shall make restitution. If he owns nothing, then he shall be sold to, to, the theft, to, theft, to his theft. So this person that is caught stealing, he's supposed to pay for his crime, not, not to get killed. And yet there's a preservation of life here. Uh, and when this person is being sold to, to be for his theft, meaning that he goes and to become that, <coughs> like that slave, that we learned about last week. Remember again, and rem remember again, last week we learned about the laws of these slaves, and there is a, you know, it's a six-year thing. Uh, they pay it off. And usually, people that probably are thieves in this case are people that are like you know poor. Uh, so then, uh, the idea that if they need something, then they they work their way out. And you'll notice throughout this entire chapter, there is a word that just keeps rec uh, repeating itself, and that's the word restitution. God is trying to teach them that you need to restore that relationship with people, that more than anything, uh, than the, the thing itself, the actual object, what's more important than the stuff is the relationship you have with one another. And God tried to teach them that, what, that that's what God cares more about, the way that you love each other. Um, you know, the thief needs to restore that relationship with the, with the person he stole things from. And the other person that's offended by it needs to learn to restore that relationship as well. Verse 4, if he's... If what he stole is actually found alive in his possession, whether an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall pay double. So again, these are just laws to prevent people from stealing things. First mind, if a man lets a field if a man lets a field or vineyard be grazed bare and let his animal loose, so that it grazes in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and best of his own vineyard. Um, again, just being, uh, if you, you know, own property, things, uh, and the animals run off and destroys other things, you have to pay, pay back. Verse 6, if a fire breaks out and spreads to thorn rushes that, so that stacked grain or the, the standing grain with the field itself is consumed, he who started the fire shall make restitution. Verse 7, if a man gives his neighbor money or goods to keep for him and it is stolen from the man's house, if the thief is caught, he shall pay double. If the thief is not caught, then the owner of the house shall appear before a judge to determine whether he laid his hands on his neighbor's property. So this is this is a little scenario. It's like okay, like you give something to someone, and then uh, a thief, like a third party thief, comes and steals it, and then they're wondering, hey, what? A, wait a minute, how did that thief know that there was something in that house? Maybe it's the version, the person that gave them uh, that you know, the money, maybe he's the one who stole it back, and that's what this is. If the thief is that if, is the original person that owns it, then he needs to go and, um, and pay it and just, you know, acknowledge his wrongs. Verse 9, For every branch breach of trust, whether it is an ox, or for donkey, for sheep, for clothing, or for any lost thing about which one says, This is it, the case of both parties shall come before the judge. He whom the judge is condemned shall pay double to his neighbor. So this is a, kind of continue on the scenario where they they find out like, hey, no, this is the, the the original person stole what he gave the other person. Then they had to present it to the judge, and then if this is the case, then they need to resolve it. Again, you can see how this is actually the, um, a playing out of the Ten Commandments, right? Like there was a lot of it. This is like coveting and stealing, and and um, and you know, and even bearing a false witness against a neighbor. These are all. Uh, practical scenarios so that they know how to apply the Ten Commandments in your life. Verse 10, if a man gives a neighbor a donkey, 
an ox, a sheep, or any animal to keep for him, and it dies or is hurt or is driven away while no one is looking, an oath before the Lord shall be made by the two of them, that he has not laid hands on neighbor's property, and his owner shall accept it, and he shall not make restitution. I mean, this is a scenario where, like, if you get if you get an animal, like party A lets party B borrow a animal, and then it dies, and then it's uh, party A cannot accuse party B of like, hey, you were not uh, a good, you didn't treat my animal right, because party B can say, hey, no, these this animal is already dying before you gave it to me. And they're supposed to uh, work this out beforehand and uh, know that whoever's in charge of it, uh, they, that they agree like, hey, yeah, this, this, this ox is probably won't last long. So if it dies on you, it's not your fault. That, that's, the, that's the idea here. And if, but on the other hand, if let's say there was a healthy ox and he gives it to uh, party B and then the, like, you know, the animal dies on party B's watch and then they have to pay for it. You know, basically this is this, this, trying to make things fair. Verse 12, but if it's actually stolen from him, he shall make restitution to his owner. If it is all torn to pieces, uh, let him bring it as evidence. He shall not make restitution for what he has torn to pieces. If a man borrows anything from his neighbor and is injured or dies while its owner is not with it, he shall make full restitution. If it is owner is with it, he shall not make restitution. If it is hired, it came for hire. This is the idea that if you borrow an animal, you know that this animal is about to die, uh, then and the master is lending it or letting someone else borrow it, uh, it's not the fault of the person if it actually dies. Same idea here. Uh, that they don't need to make restitution. But if it is something that, um, you know, if, he, if, if it was healthy and it dies on the person borrowing its watch, then that's they're responsible for it. Again, these are all, like, what's the point of all of these, uh, of these laws here? It's ultimately to show that if you love your brothers and sisters, if you love your neighbors, you take care of not just the stuff, that you take care of one another. God is trying to teach them um, that they need to be responsible for the things that God has given them. You know, they've given them each other's neighbor. They give them the stuff that neighbors can own. All of these things they're held, they're called to be responsible for. And by application to our life, we have to understand that, like, we need to understand that when we work in our field, in, in whatever work field we have, we need to be responsible for that as well. Um, in the church, when we're doing ministry, we're responsible for one another as well. I remember early on. Um, you know, we're still actually as we're thinking about opening up again. Um, you know, we're all we're all it's going to be all hands on deck in the way that we you know clean the building, uh, whether it's like you know wiping down the chairs or you know filing along, we go entering and exiting the building. There are things that we have to do, and um, there are guidelines for which we, uh, for us to follow. And when we follow it, we follow it not because necessarily the guidelines are like you know it's not to be like a burden for us. Though it, it can be at times, but the main reason why we do is for the protection of other people. You know, we wear the mask not because we care necessarily about the mask or, or we wipe things down necessarily because we're fearing germs, but it, it should be because we care about those that are going to come after us or, or with us so that they don't feel like, you know, threatened. They can come in here, they can worship, fellowship, do all those things faithfully, and then when we follow these guidelines when we do all the things that we're supposed to do it's 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 a demonstration of love and difference and deferring to other people as more important than ourselves and i think that's what uh, this part this the, the of this passage that we hear that we learn today is that when you care about your neighbors when you love your neighbor you will not find ways to cause harm to the other person and but if there is harm that is done that you'll do your best to make restitution 
because the relationships you have with one another in Christ or in that covenant, covenant relationship with the Lord is more important than the thing itself, than the object itself or the, the property or whatever it may be. Relationship with one another is more important than your relationship with your stuff. And that's the lesson for today that, we're, that, uh, that I'm going to end here. Uh, t- on Wednesday, we'll talk about uh, social and religious laws. Uh, that this is kind of a mix between the horizontal, the uh, loving God and not making idols, as well as, as, as the horizontal type relationships with one another. So I look forward to going over that study with you on Wednesday. And then throughout the week, hopefully by the end of the week, we'll finish chapter 23 as well. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a good day.